Hi everybody and welcome to part one of New Voices, a three-part podcast series from Fourth Estate Books. Each podcast will address a step in a writer's journey from the writing process to getting an agent to getting published. We hope this will be an illuminating window into the world of writing and publishing. This podcast is a happy offshoot from the Guardian Fourth Estate Short Story Prize a competition open exclusively to writers from a black, Asian and minority ethnic background. The prize opened in February this year and we whittled down the entries to a stellar shortlist of six incredible writers, two of whom are sitting with me today. We wanted to feature aspiring authors in this podcast so that they can ask the questions many of you are wrestling with at home. And I'm here from inside the industry to offer some clarity and expertise. My name is Niven Govindan and I'm a novelist. I've had four novels published and various short stories too. Joining me today are Arun Das and Jimmy Famurewa, two of the writers shortlisted for this year's Guardian Fourth Estate BAME Short Story Prize. Writing is often a very solitary occupation, so this is an opportunity for us to talk through some questions around the process of writing fiction. So Arun, why don't you kick us off with a question? I'm going to start with the most difficult question of them all. <laughs> okay. What a start. Staring blankly at a bitch. How do you deal with writer's block? In my mind, there's two different types of block per se. There is a block when you're in the middle of a project and you're not quite sure what's coming next. And then there's the other type of block, which is what do I want to write about and how do I start writing it? In both cases, I don't really come up with that problem very often. I think if you're writing a piece of work and you feel that you've reached a dead end, you have to basically look at the threads of what you're writing and there has to be something that is going to guide you, I think, in terms of how to move forward. If you're writing yourself into a dead end, then you're probably not really writing what you wanted to write in the first place, I think. In terms of the blank page, everyone writes in a different way and I think there's no prescriptive way in terms of how to write because I think that's the kind of, I think it just kills your buzz basically. <laughs> I think yeah. you have to just find a way of working that really works for you that you can finish at the end of the day saying, okay, well, no matter what happened, if I woke up at 4am to write, if I stayed up till 2am to write, if I did it in my lunch hour, you've got something down. And I think that's kind of the most important thing. I think you have to kind of be kind to yourself and not beat yourself up so much because I think the process itself is fairly rigorous. And I think if you give your, yourself a hard time, you're making it doubly difficult. In terms of starting with a blank page, I used to find looking at a blank computer screen actually really problematic um, but all my novels I write by hand and pretty much everything I write I write by hand so every novel I've written starts with a notebook pretty much of how the the finished book will be and I can trace that book the finished book back to writing in my original notebooks and I actually find it's far more freeing for me just to have a notebook and a pen and to write and I don't feel the pressure of a blank page and a screen that I feel that I need to fill so that's you know that's sort of one remedy I found that makes my life um, a lot easier and just keeps me working all the time and not thinking about all those other things the other thing that I used to do fairly early on between sort of my first and second books where I was constantly thinking about what was coming next when I write novels I'm not the sort of writer who plots um, from beginning to end and has 5,000 post-its. I'm very much about having an idea and running with that idea and a tone and, 
you know, I'm very much of that Philip Roth school of one sentence following the other, and all I know is the sentence I've written before, yeah, and, I d- yeah. and maybe I know the sentence that comes next. And that kind of works for me. Um, but I think a really great way to get you out of knots when you're doing it that way is I used to just keep, and I still keep, um, lots of photo books around my desk and stuff. So sometimes just by flicking through things, you just see life and there's just things that you can pick up, threads, strands, stuff related to your work, stuff that is subconsciously related to your work that just helps you. For example, I could pick up a book and just see a woman drinking a glass of water and just the water helps me or seeing someone have an argument or seeing the cut of someone's suit or a pair of shoes or whatever. So it's just about finding little triggers that can kind of, you know, just get your mind going and your your hands moving a little bit. Um, this is Jimmy speaking, by the way. Um that's really interesting what you say about um, other things that kind of spark your imagination and maybe sort of jolt you out of those little blocks or whatever. Um, I wondered how you deal with kind of reading other books and other writers' kind of voices getting in there. I have personally definitely had those moments where I've really had another writer's voice kind of or sure. something that they've been doing in my head and it really does start to infiltrate my work or I'll write something and I'll just be like that has just come from you being obsessed with Zadie Smith or something <laughs> like you know I kind of and and yeah I wonder how how kind of aware of that are you how are there ways that you kind of you know can, can kind I, I of think sidestep it I think I think ultimately there's no off switch you're always going to be mm. influenced by something yeah whether it's you know it's, I think it's really flattering to any writer. If you read a book and you really love it and that voice stays with you yeah. and there's something in that book you want to carry through into your own work, mm. you find a way to do it without copying it. Yeah, and that yeah. only really comes from practice, from just keep from just writing work all the time. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, I think it's impossible to write well if you don't read all the time. Yeah, um, yeah. So they kind of go hand in hand. Mm. So you're constantly going to be listening to voices. I think the trick is... If you keep writing, you learn how to filter those voices out. Yeah. You know, I think everything I write is a composite of everything I've read and yeah. everything I've seen. Yeah. Um, but what makes it unique is how you hold it together. Yeah. And also it's the curiosity, I think, of being a writer in terms of seeing how other people put books together. Yeah. So you read yeah. a really great novel and you think, how did they do that? <laughs> yeah. How did they make that sound so natural? Um you know, I just think it's the process that you have to just keep reading and keep writing because mm. all that you will do is basically finish pieces of work and you see, well, actually, this is what I've done. Yeah. And the more that you pile those pages up, you have a greater confidence in your yeah, own ability yeah. and your own voice. So I don't really think about it now. Mm. I think I've got a kind of, I don't want to say I've got a set style, but I know, you know, I, I know what, what yeah. my voice is, I think. Do you feel like you've built up enough of a, you know, there's kind of enough there that you, well, I think I think these things just creep up without you realizing it. Yeah, I think I yeah. can just start working and only think about my work. Yeah, and yeah. but that only comes. But you've just got to keep doing it. That's, yeah. that's yeah. it. I mean, the other thing I think is I don't think there's anything wrong with writing with someone's voice in terms of mm. you know because writing for me is a process. And I think if you approach, for me, I approach my work that not everything I write is going to be published. And I think it's really freeing. Um, and I remember having a conversation with my editor from my publisher in India years ago and I went through a phase between my second and third books where literally all I wanted to do was write short stories I mean I started mm. writing short stories I moved to novels and then I thought I really just want to 
really hammer down short stories yeah, and I'm yeah. obsessed with kind of mastering both and I went through like a sort of three year period where all I did was write short stories mm. and I would sort of write one every two weeks one every oh, month wow. and I just wanted to have a stack of stories and I remember telling my editor in India this and she says you know essentially you're basically just doing piano exercises <laughs> and I thought it was yeah. such a brilliant analogy because yeah. it's true and you know if you give yourself the space to say look I literally just want to do my piano exercises yeah. and write some stories and then when you've got a little stack of stories you can see where your strengths are where the themes are and there will be things that you think okay okay I have really just done a Zadie <laughs> but yeah. it's part of the process of what makes you you and you don't know it till you yeah. do it yeah. so you I think you always have to be unafraid about those things how much of that comes from confidence in your own work and validation totally it's like any creative um form i think it's 50% confidence 50% insecurity <laughs> but i mean in my case i've got a massive ego so i'm always <laughs> i will always err on the side of confidence i don't always think i know what i'm doing but i ultimately believe in in actually doing it and i think unless you you have to just get up every day and just do it and some days will be great and some days won't be great but the fact that you can turn up and do it yeah is the is the thing i think How do you know when something isn't working if you're very confident about what you're writing? I think the key thing over confidence, ego, insecurity, all that stuff is to to do well creatively, you have to totally be honest with yourself. So I never delude myself. Mm. You have to always know hand on heart whether something is good. You will know you have to trust your instincts. You will know instinctively. Yeah. If you don't think what you're writing is good or what you're presenting to someone is good, you will never be able to sell that idea yeah, or yeah. convince people of its authenticity. So yeah, that's that's the thing. I think you've got to be brutal. You always have to be honest with yourself. And I think by the time I finish a piece of work and I'm ready to show it to, you know, editors, agents, friends, whatever, I've been through, you know, I've been through the rigor in terms of do I think it's good enough and by being completely honest with myself. Yeah. And if you don't do that, then I don't think it's worth anything really. Yeah. Uh do you mind your own life uh for your writing or do you mind close friends and acquaintances? I I asked this question because I have read Black Bread White Bear which is a book you've written and it's there is a feeling of authenticity to every sentence especially when it comes to internal thought of each character uh-huh. and Thank is you. that is that because you're mining your own life <laughs> and it is very personal to you because there have been other books written in a similar way such as akil sharma's family life yes so for sure is 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 how much does that authenticity as a writer matter um i mean a none of them are autobiographical for a start mm. i think books are definitely part of you because you're the one who writes them so, so it comes from you yeah. so it bears your your thumbprints you know but it's not necessarily in the way you think you know some people feel that you know there's a, there's a massive trend towards autobiographical fiction in terms of you know Nausgaard and Edward Lewis yeah, you know there's yeah. lots of people Ferrante even there's lots of people who write that way now for me i only want to really write i'm not interested in writing non-fiction i'm only interested in, in in presenting how i see the world through mm. a fiction pri- fictional prism i find that interesting but i'm not interested in writing about my own personal experiences if i did i would write non-fiction mm. and in the same way i'm not really that interested in writing about the lives of my friends or exploiting you know <laughs> stories i mean if you write you will always have an ear 
out so you will always be listening so there's just a lot of things that you soak in whether it's things that happen to your family or your friends yeah, things yeah. you overhear whatever and you you, you know stuff just percolates mm. but you know it, for black bread white beer yes that was completely fictional and for me I'm interested in you know relationships and character and psychology and you know an emotional landscape that feels true so I'm flattered that you think it felt autobiographical, that it feels authentic. I mean, you know, if it felt inauthentic, then I haven't done my job properly. Yeah. You know, you want it to, you know, I always want to write characters that feel three-dimensional, and that means characters who will veer from being likeable to unlikable, because you never really see all sides of one person's character, because they show different sides of their character to different people in different situations. Yeah. So... I I actually enjoy writing about people who seem really unlikable in certain situations till you peel back layers and work out who they are or, yeah, or they yeah, allow definitely. their sort of fragility to come through. Mm. I suppose this slightly links to that, talking about maybe sort of pinching bits from uh, things that you've heard or like, you know, friends or family or whatever. And there is quite often that thing when somebody reads something you've worked on that people instantly look for oh is that is who's that person or is that me is that is that bit you kind of thing and I, I, I think close I friends to... and family will always do that yeah so because they're the people who probably know you the best and I yeah think definitely for my first two books yeah you know I had that a lot with with friends and family yeah, people just yeah, looking yeah. for things or, or and, and and finding things that weren't really related to yeah. people but also people want to see themselves sometimes yeah, yeah. um and I think that's cool, but that's mm. not that's not necessarily for me. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, definitely. and also I think if you start thinking about I hear something really great, I want to <laughs> use it, you have to find a way for it to work. Yeah. I mean, you know, I heard a great story 20 years ago that I carry around with me and sometimes I keep thinking, <laughs> I've got to find a way to use the story. And it's the most ridiculous story I've ever heard. Um, but I can never use it because it there's never been a situation where it would work. Yeah, so yeah, you just, yeah, you know... Yeah. It's not. That's not really how I would do it. Do you kind of think of um, stories and possible kind of projects in that? Uh, is it that kind of long-standing then that you'll have, you know, ideas that, as you say, like percolate for years, and you just kind of have them in a store, and they're kind of other things? Because I, I definitely feel like with the story Teddy Bird, like I had that central idea for ages and ages, and I didn't really know how. I was going to kind of make it work or where it was, but it kind of wouldn't go away. Yeah. And so I just kind of, you know, the other stuff around it, and I don't know where it came from. I suppose what I mean is how do you know, like, which ones are the goers and which ones kind of, uh, that that one's just the kind of idle thought that will still be there I think there's kind down of, the line. I think there's kind of two things. I think there's a thing with writing novels, because it takes a really long time. Yeah. For me, it takes a really long time. I'd say, you know, maybe three years per book mm. i never think it's going to be three years so i think oh i can knock it out in a year it takes three years <laughs> yeah. so if you're writing one piece of work for three years with all the ups and downs that entails but still around one basic idea what happens to your other ideas in the rest of the, in those three years you're still going to have ideas about yeah. stuff you're still going to be going out you'll see things you'll experience things you'll eat something great you'll eat something <laughs> terrible you know so you find a way to just keep all those in your head and and they will come, there'll be a time when, you know, as with Teddy Bird, that was the day and that was the period you had to write that story yeah, because suddenly yeah, it made sense yeah. to write that then. I mean, the other thing I think as well is 
if you just if you're writing short stories and you're writing a few at a time, mm. I think it's like um, developing your appetite. Per, mm. You know, before dinner, you're suddenly it just gets your juices flowing, and I yeah, think yeah. you just suddenly feel on a creative role, so you can just start working through ideas. Yeah, I think I listened. Funny enough, I listened to a podcast with Colin Barrett, who's a writer I yeah. really love, who had the collection Young Skins out. Um, Great and, book. Yeah, really, really good. And he was talking about how he likes to keep a few projects on at the same time, and it's kind of something I'm starting to. It sort of seems a bit counterintuitive, doesn't it? Like, well, certainly to me because I kind of, you know, struggle to keep going and not procrastinate. But I think it does. I think you're right. I think having a few things kind of in your brain and you sort of hop from one to the other. And I mean, he's like he's braver than me. I think I could only ever write one thing at one time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I read this great thing with Murakami where you know he writes great novels, he writes great short stories, yeah. but he says, you know, I can only do one thing at a time. Right, I can't yeah, write. Yeah a novel and then write stories in between the novels. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, work. Yeah. I found for me, quite interestingly, that there's certain points, crunch points in the novel where it is an uphill slog just <laughs> just because of the just what it entails to keep a novel going. And sometimes for energy, I will have an idea for a story that's been sitting around for a while that I suddenly wake and think, I have to write this. <laughs> yeah. And I probably... In every novel, I probably write at least one short story in the life of the novel, maybe <laughs> yeah. two. Um, and I put everything into that story. And actually, it gives me some energy. Yeah, yeah. Because I've expelled an idea, but then also it just gives me an energy just to get on and finish the book. Mm. So actually, that does kind of work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I read this, I read an interview with Stella Duffy a few years ago. And, you know, she's a really great writer. Mm. She's just written tons you know her work rate is incredible she's mm. written lots of novels she writes short stories she writes plays she's incredible and she said something about in terms of her own work and how she works and stuff and she said it's really important to give your work a chance yeah, yeah. and i think that's amazing advice i yeah. think sometimes you have to just give stuff a chance to breathe to grow to develop even if you think oh this can't turn into anything you don't know <laughs> You know, sometimes you have to be sort of counter-instinctual. Your instinct might be just to kill something. But actually, sometimes, you know, and after I've, I read that a few years ago, and actually that that advice kind of stayed with me. Yeah, yeah. Because I think it's really sad. Yeah, no, definitely. What do you feel in the... Is there a temptation to give up sometimes, though? Do you, do you fight it? What do you do with that? Um, no, I would never give up. It's difficult, I suppose, because... My main preoccupation now is, is pretty much writing novels. I'm really happy if I can write one really great or two really great short stories a year, but I really mm. just want to commit to just writing longer work because it just takes a lot of time and I just want to, you know, that's kind of where my focus is at the moment. And I think once you're making headway on a novel and you can kind of see mm. that it's developing, it's got to be going atrociously badly for you to turn you know to to walk away from it and i think if it's going atrociously badly you're not doing what you what you what you should be honest with yourself about whether yeah, you know yeah. where it's going in the first place so no i i mean also i went to goldsmiths you know when i was you know did my degree there when i was a kid so i've sort of come out of a sort of an art practice mm. background so I've always got in the back of my head that I'm literally just doing work and you know you just do the n one thing then you do the next thing then you do the next thing and not everything is going to be great but you have to just keep going yeah, till yeah. you reach a conclusion on it because yeah. I think you know if you're going to leave 
a desk with sort of half finished projects everywhere you're never going to get anywhere i think <laughs> sometimes the greatest training you can have i think is just to finish something yeah, and yeah. get to a point where you can say it's finished i don't think anything is ever going to be perfect mm -hmm. you always come back to a book or a story and see things yeah. that you'd want to change yeah. but you know the book that i first wrote when i was 26 was the best book I could have written at 26. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the same thing for like all my books and all my stories. Mm. I mean, we had this very interesting conversation before we started, Jimmy, when you were talking about um, reading for your audio book. Yes, yeah. And saying that, you know, when you were reading it, you wanted to change sentences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and yeah. That, that happens all the time. Yeah. You know, when I would do readings for many of my books, yeah, uh, events yeah. and stuff, I'll be sitting backstage with a pen, just crossing stuff out, <laughs> thinking, "Now I want to, you know, I want to read it this way because you think about it differently yeah. when you read aloud." I mean, I pretty much read all my stuff aloud as I'm going through it okay. day by day because actually I find it's really useful yeah. in terms of what works rhythmically. Yeah. You can see how stuff sounds. You can see what works and what doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But you said that but at the time when you wrote that story you know for me i think it's a perfect story i think <laughs> yeah. you're being hard on yourself but you know that is the best story you could write yeah you know yeah, yeah. so i think you have to just learn to finish something and yeah, move on yeah, to definitely. the next thing yeah yeah you you slightly touched on it then and i'm intrigued by the writing freehand as well because i did that for a little bit but now i've moved to kind of back to a laptop sure. which yeah for some reason it kind of didn't it, it wasn't working for me but in terms of practicalities of like keeping focused and not procrastinating are you quite good are you sort of um are you quite good at sort of sitting and doing and kind of you know doing the work or yeah, for do you sure. kind of get distracted no 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 i write every day oh wow um well i mean you know, when i'm in the middle of something yes yeah, i write yeah, every yeah, day yeah. and i think you know if you can't for me, mm. I have to just keep the momentum going. Yeah. Um, and I think you can't do that if you don't write every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think, uh, but, uh, you know, this isn't prescriptive. Everyone yeah, works differently. Course, and it's yeah. kind of like, what, what is, you know, you can only judge how you do it by mm. just doing it your way. Yeah, You know, you did it your way. You wrote a great story, yeah, yeah, as yeah. did Arun. Yeah, so it's kind yeah. of, you know, I mean, how do you write Arun? Do you write on a screen? Do you write? I, I do write on a screen. Mm. But... I spend so much time on screens, it becomes it becomes a habit after a point, doesn't yeah, it? Sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, I like being away from a screen. Yeah. And I find the temptation of not being, you know, not being online, all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, I'm a bit of a Luddite. I like, but also I like the romance of being able to write in different ways. Yeah. Because it's yeah. a bit like writing a song on a, on five different guitars. <laughs> so, you know, like my first novel, I mean, when I was at Goldsmiths, I wrote all my short stories on the typewriter. Yeah. My wow. first novel, I wrote the first half of it on, a, on an electric typewriter. <laughs> and then the rest I wrote on a laptop. Um, well, between writing by hand and the typewriter. But now I, I write everything by hand yeah. and then move it onto a laptop afterwards yeah. i feel i have great control over it that way mm. you know i'm editing it as i go along using a pen yeah, um yeah. so i can constantly annotate it yeah. so i don't necessarily have to finish a book and then do 500 drafts of it yeah on a laptop yeah, yeah, yeah. you know the the bore you know people say oh it's really romantic right by hand what the most boring <laughs> thing in the world is finishing a book and then knowing you've got to type it up <laughs> i mean it is the most mundane yeah. soul destroying thing ever but i suppose are you then editing as you yes kind of absolutely type it up? yeah but so it's it like is it's horrendous edit. i yeah. absolutely hate it but it is it is the way that works for me so yeah. i just you know i just go with it yeah is no. there a danger to forming certain habits as a writer because i have read about 
the author of Game of Thrones who was George R. R. George Martin. R. R. Martin. Oh, what was and his? he he writes on a word processor that oh, was yeah, that does. doesn't exist anymore. Wow. Outside of his computer. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean there is I I think I think you can I think people can be superstitious. I think there is a yeah. certain fetishism for sure. But ultimately, the reason that I write by hand is because I'm trying to avoid fetishism and I don't <laughs> think about it in any way apart from just writing with a pen. Yeah. So I'm not really sitting there congratulating myself for, oh, look, my lovely notebook and my pen. <laughs> it's literally the easiest way for me to write down something um, and make progress on it without thinking about other things. Do you, do you normally write in an office or at home or do you kind of like to be out in the world? I know a lot of writers kind of plant themselves in, in cafes no, I like, or libraries. Or... I think I like to be at home. I mm. mean... I mean, the best thing about writing by hand is that you know you can't go anywhere. So yeah, you know, yeah, it's great to sit in a garden or whatever. But yeah, yeah no, no, I, I'm I'm happier being at my desk mm. for sure. My, I've got a question for both of you, mm. which is you write as a journalist. Yes. Yeah. So how does that sort of discipline in terms of having a space for words and brevity? How does that affect how you write stories? Do you think it does, or um, do you think you throw that out the window? Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely overlap, and I do think about this because I think... Do you think it's helped you? I think it has um, in some ways. I think maybe the sort of closeness of the worlds um, between you know, writing fiction and writing journalism is sometimes... I kind of feel like I've been writing words all day sometimes and you know words in a very different way but I kind of can't face you know you talked about not being able to face looking at the computer and I kind of feel a bit like oh my god the last thing I want to do is sit in front of a computer and like look at words yeah and I and I do find myself sometimes sort of thinking oh that feels a bit too much like something I'd do in a kind of magazine feature or you know, that doesn't feel but like... But I mean, more about you, Arun, do you, do you find that writing mm. in a life outside of your writing life helps you when you're writing stories? I think it's more of a handicap, really, <laughs> because uh, when you're writing, and like Jimmy, I, I do a lot of journalistic work as well, mm. and a lot of that writing is just telling and never showing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're trying to do the exact opposite when you're writing fiction, and it, it, you tend to lean on certain crutch words. That that wouldn't exist. Sure. If you yeah. would, if if all you wrote was fiction, do you think it makes you more ruthless though? Ultimately, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you when you're writing journalism, you have to stick. It teaches you a certain discipline in writing, where you have to stick to exact word counts. Yeah. Yeah. And deadlines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, what I'm interested in both of yours actually, in terms of um, discipline and deadlines and word counts is your story a room was fairly short um and your story jimmy was a bit longer mm. does that represent it, um how you think about short stories or is that just how the, those stories so sort of finished organically yeah. <laughs> i think uh, i i wrote it short because my taste in fiction tends to skew towards shorter works mm. cool okay mm -hmm. such as your taste in fiction oh, right uh, my favorite book of published in the last few years is Akhil Sharma's Family Life which is a very it, it's it's almost fantastic. a novella it, yeah. it's 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 really it's very short and uh, I think I've written a lot for television oh, so wow. that kind of teaches you the art of brevity and you tend to <laughs> gravitate towards that oh well that's that's interesting because yeah. if you write for television you obviously have to learn the art of compromise because there's so many people involved in television <laughs> projects does that does that mean that you feel 
you relish the selfishness of writing fiction that it's all your idea there's no middleman there's no um negotiator this is your work and your absolutely i mean a, lo- a lot of writing for television feels very much like art by committee where you don't feel any ownership of anything you're writing for sure. it changes so much from when you start writing to when it actually goes up on <laughs> on a screen yeah so yeah absolutely it, it's my ego that made me <laughs> do me the fiction yeah. brilliant <laughs> Um, so we were talking about maybe showing people work and then perhaps if it's friends and family, then perhaps kind of doing detective work and trying to spot themselves or spot aspects of your life. When in your process do you show people what you're working on? Do you kind of wait right till the end or do you, yeah, kind of, and who do you choose to show basically? I think that you will know instinctively when you're ready to show mm. someone work whether it's a short story or whether it's something longer yeah and this i think goes back to one of the things we talked about originally which is totally being honest with yourself as you're writing yeah, yeah. you know when you're onto something good or when something feels right you know it's a very intimate revelatory experience to show yeah. work to someone yeah. and i think you have to be as much as you have to be confident with the work you also as a sort of self-protection device you have to be mentally prepared yeah um, and I think you'll never be more mentally prepared than if you feel confident or if you're happy yeah, about yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, because definitely. you you definitely, until you start writing, you know, more than one piece and you get into that kind of groove, I think the first time you show someone work is always going to be terrifying. Mm. Um, I think, for example, like my first book, no one saw that book till it came out. Oh, I really wow. didn't want anyone to see it. And I'd, I'd been writing it, and I thought, actually, this feels like a book now. And I sent it off to an editor, and they literally loved it. And we, you know, we we did a deal, and I finished the book. And and I was thinking after I we'd done the deal, and I was finishing the book, do I want to show it to people? And I thought, actually, I don't, because mm. it's such a fragile environment yeah. Yeah, you're building yeah. Yeah. that any word or comment from someone to trip up that structure could be you know a complete disaster and i think you have to be ready for that i think with short stories it's a lot easier because you can write a finished piece of work whether it's a page it's two pages it's 20 pages that you feel is done and you can show it to people and i think it's interesting to get feedback from people for sure because i think even if people don't necessarily understand what you're doing with the story i think clarity is a very important thing if you're writing something that is so opaque people don't even understand where you are or what they're doing or what the characters names are whatever you haven't really done your job properly i think so it's kind of it's 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 i think it's definitely a fine balance i mean what do you two do with your stories when you wrote your stories that you submitted for this competition did you show it to someone when it was finished or no, I didn't actually. But I, I, um, the only person who read my story was Microsoft Bob. <laughs> <laughs> um, I put it in the text-to-speech generator, and I, I listened to it, and I thought, all right, this is it's ready now. Uh, but what, what are your feelings on showing work to people? Do you not like to do it, or I, I, I mean, when you're, for example, when you're writing TV scripts, when do you feel you've got something you want to show someone? I think it's it's part of accepting that it's never really ready. Yeah, as ready as you want it to be. And just being confident enough that it's it's where you you want it to be or where you're trying to communicate something, and people can read that. And I I have worked with uh, a workshop group, but 
not for the short story but for a novel i'm writing and kind of that feedback from peers and and readers and other writers i think gave me the kind of confidence and validation to to say that yes i what i'm writing makes sense and mm. yeah i think i think it's really important to get feedback early on yeah. from especially from if you have friends who read yeah you know yeah. i think it really really helps for yeah. sure cuz sometimes i think there will be points where you really do need validation it can literally be something as simple as someone saying i really like that mm. that just gives you enough to keep you going yeah yeah, and then I, sometimes you will need more than someone saying they like it. it's like yes but what do you like about it and yeah. you need that yeah. but it's it's a way of it's finding a way to do it with you feeling control of it i think mm-hmm. yeah i mean i have um when i wrote teddy bird i did send it to a to a friend who is a reader and a writer and she was kind of you know um very kind of send it to me send it to me otherwise i probably wouldn't have and it was really good because it, it kind of you know she yeah, it gave me that validation, as you say, and also um, it was really sort of encouraging and that kind of made me think, oh, actually, because, but I did send it because I thought, oh, I do feel like there's something here or I'm onto something. And I, and I also think sometimes I've I've done um, uh, uh, short courses like creative writing courses and I not, not exactly personally, but I've kind of noticed sometimes people, they're not necessarily being kind of critical or but they kind of they're pulling the story or the work in their direct you know in in something that's more suited to their taste or they're sort of like oh what about if you added this what about if you yeah, added that and absolutely. it's kind of and it's like it's not that it's wrong it's just like a different take yeah on it. but but i think also then you learn to filter out those yeah, ideas yeah, yeah, i think yeah. writing groups um are a brilliant way to get yeah. feedback from people yeah, whether it's yeah, online yeah. or whether it's on a course you know yeah, I've, definitely. I've um, talked to a few you know an half on course and just um writers who who've been writing for a while and mm. just have had no experience of getting feedback to get feedback from yeah. other people who are in exactly the same position who are trying to find their way through writing mm. i think it's really really valuable yeah yeah definitely so Niven, at what point did you did you realize that you were a writer was was there a was there a moment was it a series of moments? Okay, well this <laughs> this is ridiculous. This just comes back to my ego. Um, <laughs> probably from the age of about fifteen or sixteen, I kind of knew that this is what I wanted to do and this is what I would do, just because I'd been reading and you know, a I've been reading you know voraciously since yeah. you know I was a really small child. Was always writing little stories, um, and I think really it was like mid-teens when I was really engaging with just literature and just soaking up everything I could find mm. I thought this is what I want to do and then in my later teens sort of reading like Hanif Qureshi and people like Hubert Selby Jr um, I would look at those books and think I could do that mm. I could just see a way of doing that yeah, and that's yeah. and from that point really from about 16 is when I really started trying to work out how to write a short story and mm. put it together but I think it's the point where you look at something and think I could do that. I think I, there's a way of me doing it by picking up <laughs> yeah. a pen or sitting on a computer, but I want to put some sentences together and just see if I can do it. Yeah. And yeah. what about How you about guys, you, yeah. Sarun? <laughs> it's almost eerily similar to my story because I I didn't start out as a writer on television. I used to work with a group of writers, running the writer's room. And there were points when you get what a bunch of writers have written and you think, I could do this better. <laughs> 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 and I I did, and I was happy with what I wrote. 
Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think. I, I definitely had the kind of similar childhood thing of writing stories from like a really early age and, you know, f- reading things and feeling like, oh, I could maybe try and do my version of that or do that. But I actually think that um, doing, um, I mean, this obviously isn't for everyone, but I did these short creative writing courses and I think being around other people that were writers and having, I did one at City University, which Katie Darby uh, taught, and she was really great. And having other people being told you're a writer, being, you know, having other people, that was really sort of empowering in that way. And I kind yeah, of, sure. it wasn't something that I kind of would mutter or wouldn't want to say out loud. I kind of felt like, you know, I'm actively trying to do this and I'm doing this and I'm writing stories. You felt like you were kind of part of a community so yeah i i would uh, obviously it's not for everyone but i would i would recommend it for anybody that feels like they want to learn a bit and and be sort of emboldened in that way and it's, and to be in a community with yeah. other people who do yeah it. yeah yeah definitely yeah i think that was that was the really sort of helpful great helpful thing great, great stuff thanks very much wow. awesome that went quite thanks that's that wicked great. yeah Thank you so much for listening to New Voices. We hope this was helpful to you no matter where you are on your writing journey. The Guardian and Fourth Estate Short Story Prize is an annual competition to find writing talent from the BAME community. If you'd like to apply, keep an eye out for our Fourth Estate Twitter and on our website, fourthestate.co.uk. Entries will be open in the new year.